0: Yeah. So the, the main goal was to uh, do it for Brett, um, and huge wave of emotions finishing or even 15, 20 miles out, knowing that I was going to finish, um, uh, that, that feeling of having a tailwind and being down downhill the whole way. That's what it felt like for 15 to 20 miles, Mm -hmm. even though, I'm, I'm sure if we looked at the profile and looked at the weather patterns it wasn't quite that that uh, easy. It just felt like that knowing that I was going to accomplish the number one goal of getting bread around the course and uh, everything after that was just icing on the cake. <laughs>
1: From KOM Cycling and Michigan Midpack Media, welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast, the podcast that covers the cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Michigan Midpack. I am your host, Trevor. And what was initially supposed to be an intro for our last episode, Tristan Smith joined me to share about his Gravel Worlds long voyage experience. And it was such a good conversation, I knew it had to be an episode of its own. Um, If you haven't listened to the last episode with Ben Delaney as we dig into bike tech, I encourage you to do so because I referenced that episode a couple times on this one as well. And uh, Tristan and I talk a little bit about bike tech as well. But more so, Tristan shares his experience and... um, and his motivation behind why he wanted to tackle such a a huge event like the Gravel World's Long Voyage. So um, congratulations to Tristan for finishing that endeavor. Congratulations to everyone who has been getting out and doing these incredibly difficult events and races. I'm thinking in my mind right now of... The Margie Gessick in Michigan and the UP of Michigan that just occurred last weekend and super inspiring to see all the people that um, not only finished but attempted such a difficult race. Um, So uh, hats off to you and I hope conversations like this one with Tristan will inspire you all to uh, maybe attempt something a little crazy one day of your own. So yeah, let's uh, let's hear Tristan's experience of the Gravel World's long voyage.
0: You know, it's I'm trying to text, but it's like in my line of sight, and it's kind of like when I first started riding with arrow bars, um, they when you're looking at the tire in front of you, the bars are in your line of sight. So the first time I was like, even like when you're not in the position, but like even on your, like your hoods, your drops, whatever, um, the arrow bars are like in your line of sight of your tire and the person in front of you's tire. So I think and the, sometimes you want, you're like, Oh fuck, I'm going to hit them. I, but now I, I've gotten much more comfortable with it. I think the problem is you're using arrow bars. You think so? I mean, <sighs>
1: Tell me like what do you what's your you've been using Arrow bars for how long now? Oh, I fucking love them.
0: Uh just this year. Um uh-huh. so uh, I think I put them on um May or so in in May. So 3 4 months. And they're legit like they're not like the stubby little They're, um, so they're like a mid, I think they're mid size. So they're, um, the profile designs and I believe they're the mid size. Um, they're not like the full, the full out like bars, but they are, um, kind of like a mid that is like the full wrap. And I really like having my hands together, like just the position it gives it just, they just sit on it and. I guess they naturally – it's almost like I can do the puppy dog hands off the end of the arrow bars, and it's just – it's right. fantastic.
1: I mean, I. you rode them a bit before Gravel Worlds, and I assumed it was just, be, just getting used to them. And then, obviously, you rode them for Gravel Worlds, and so now you're riding them – and I guess I was assuming it was laziness because you just did a lot of <laughs> – Take them off your bike, but that's a fair assumption. Um but you, and it I is mean, laziness. It sounds like you are a fan of them. Like you very much. Will you keep them on for the for the foreseeable future?
0: Until I participate in an event that says no arrow bars. Okay. Yeah. Huh. That's the plan.
1: Well, this is so I talked with Ben Delaney. This is the um interview later for this episode, and Ben is or has been in cycling media for 20 plus years. He talks about it on the interview and he, his whole thing is like bike tech. And, and I was going to ask you about, um, I asked Ben this, but I was going to ask you about a piece of bike tech or a piece of your kit or a piece of something on a bike, off a bike, whatever that, um, you find most valuable and then i was gonna bust your balls and say it better
0: not be arrow bars (laughs) (laughs) i I wouldn't say it's the arrow bars i i think it's probably um i think it's the whole system right like everything coming together is the most important thing everything integrating properly working together properly and i think it's just that the overall integration of everything is the best the best part of any fit kit whatever it is but um if i had to say one piece mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely the saddle i've noticed i mm-hmm. like the uh i like one saddle i have it on three different bikes and it's just it's fantastic what uh, is the uh, what saddle it's the uh, wtb Volt uh and it is just it fits me fantastically. Trainer bike, uh Bo Jackson and um and then my Your original bike? bike. No, I haven't moved it over to the fat okay. bike yet, but yeah. I probably should.
1: Yeah, I mean I do the same thing uh with the specialized power saddle. Mm-hmm. Um and I just I, I think it's just that like short nose snub nose saddle. I I really like that. But when I think about like a a bike like you said like the the whole system working well together, um I think specifically about your build and how why you built up the Bo Jackson, the the Bear Club Bo Jackson um fatter tires. Um it is an endurance rig and that's what you built up. Um I thought you might say something about like 2.0 plus tires or, <laughs> or, you know, something like that, or like a lot of, uh, clearance for tires, but yeah,
0: I, I do enjoy that. Um, and I equate those big tires is like sitting on a couch for comfort. It's just so comfy instead of, you know, when you're on a long endurance ride, uh, you don't want to be on something stiff and, and just high pressure jabbing you all day long whereas you know 2.0 tire or 2.15 uh, like you're it's like having suspension yeah, yeah mini mini suspension built in uh and you know especially pairing that with your touch points of the saddle and and bars and aero bars to give you an additional position <laughs> uh it, it allows you to go Man, all doesn't day. the aero bars like like i notice you have to do some weird stuff with your
1: cockpit like figure out a mount, figure out how to mount your computer, your light, all that kind of shit.
0: Like what? Yeah, that, that was fun. Uh, I was, I think, uh, I rode with you right after I put them on and mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to, I don't know how to get my lights. I don't know where to put my computer. Um, eventually I went to the, um, this, what is it? Standard stem mount, uh, with the, um, with the computer uh, and then I ended up using, um, the KOM cycling, uh, GoPro mount and dropped the light down directly below the aero bars. Just you're using the mount only for your light. Setup. No. Yeah, yeah. No computer, but just flipped it. Uh, I just have the, the GoPro mount that allows, uh, the night rider, uh, what is it? The quick, quick connect type of, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. um, of mount so i was able i'm able to switch between actual light units um mid-ride as needed pretty easily yeah okay we're getting ahead of ourselves
1: um no proper introduction apparently but uh you're listening to the dirty chain podcast uh from kom cycling and uh this episode i talk with well tristan smith here he uh just finished well, a couple weeks ago, I guess, it's been... Um, you finished Gravel Worlds, the... What do they call it? Gravel Worlds, what? XL? Gravel,
0: no. Uh, long Voyage. Long Voyage. And I voyage. still haven't unpacked... Uh, I still haven't unpacked all my thoughts on it yet either. Okay. So, so uh, um, it, it feels like just completing so it. So
1: I want to talk to you about that. But um, one thing I want to say before we get um, to your Long Voyage experience, um, Ben and I talk a little bit about... like kit that we find valuable or most valuable. And I mentioned a helmet, but I don't think I really talked a lot about the helmet, and I'm not sure if I have talked about helmets since my crash, but the helmet I was riding when I crashed was a pretty brand new helmet. It had MIPS technology in it, and I'm pretty sure that kept me from having a super bad concussion, so uh, helmets are important, but I think uh, I, a recent helmet and a helmet with good technology in there is uh, extremely important.
0: And I I'll add to that. I think um, you know I I think we spend a lot of money on on our bikes and everything that goes into biking. Um, it it's worth it to get a new helmet every year or every other year or something to that effect, where you're able to get the newest technology, able to make sure it's in good working order. Yeah. Um. So that it moves around around your head and provides that that proper brain protection that it needs to, should you ever have an accident.
1: Yeah, and when all is said and done, like what is it, a couple hundred bucks every couple years or something? Yeah, I mean,
0: it's a my. I mean, yes, it hurts at the time. Yeah. Uh, but thinking about thinking about what it could prevent is is substantial, I, and it's it, it, Yeah, those safety features that you. I'm pretty like. sure that the the helmet I had
1: before i upgraded um it may have been 7 years old you know and the you know i i'm not sure if it's true but i'm i'm sure it like kind of breaks down a little bit and um it definitely wasn't like the technology was not the same as as any of the like the concussion the anti-concussion stuff like mips so um so yeah i just think it's super important to stay up with that and make sure your helmet is
0: um, up to date can i go back and change my answer <laughs> no i mean uh in in the mips the you can get those helmets too for um i i think i bought my wife um one that was like 70 bucks a smith optics one um so i think even even around the 70 price tag you can get mips yeah. so um it's it's definitely
1: worth it yeah for sure um so tristan like We talked about this a couple episodes ago about you embarking on the long journey, gravel worlds. Um, you have never done anything over what? 200 mile?
0: 212, uh, Michigan coast to coast and you know, in our backyard.
1: And this was not Michigan. This was not 212 miles. This was something totally different. Um, finisher, congratulations for finishing. Um, Give us a couple words on. You said you haven't unpacked. Literally, your you were telling me you haven't unpacked like, <laughs> like your your uh, uh, water bladder yet. Or
0: it's it's technically been unpacked. It's been cleaned. It's in a state of cleaning. I used it once since, um, but it it remains in a state of being cleaned. Um, so yeah, cleanliness is gonna potentially be a problem later down the road, but But more, but more so, uh, have you
1: unpacked emotionally,
0: spiritually, physically? (laughs) I have, except I haven't done a full and proper, um, review of, of everything that went right. What went wrong? Would I do it again? What would I change? I've, I've started to, uh, I've started to entertain the ideas. Um, initially the number one question is, will you do it again? And the answer initially was, well, I set out with one purpose and that was to, um, get Brett Miller sticker around the course. Um, so I did it. Uh, but now, can uh, can you, um, I think we need to explain that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I, that almost could take a full episode, but, uh,
1: it, it can, and it might later, but just, uh, so, uh, friend and teammate, Brett Miller, um, who tragically left us last year after a bike accident. Um, he was signed up for Gravel World's Long Voyage twenty twenty one. This was when um you had to be kinda handpicked for it. There was you only had to be
0: selected. There was a yeah. process. You couldn't just uh, it was their inaugural year um they had a very specific amount of people that they were going to let in that equated to uh the amount of people that they had at their first gravel worlds event ever so it was a special number for them uh very selective process and uh, brett made the cut based on his um strava and social media adventures um so it was a cool accomplishment um, just making it. And, yeah. and then, um, unfortunately he was not around for the race, uh, and, and was made honorary, uh, honorary champion of 2021. So right. Had a, a, a Jersey made for him. And, um,
1: and last year, uh, Nicole, his sister and Chad, his brother-in-law went out there to take it on, um, for Brett. And uh, I think weather and whatever. I mean, it was oh, it was a, it was a
0: difficult challenge for sure. I now understand what they were <laughs> referencing. Uh, right. Luckily, luckily not to the extent of um, of rain and and whatnot that they were uh, they were referencing. So just a little bit of that, but the hills, uh, unrelenting hills. I I I totally understand what they mean by it now. Well, and, you
1: you experienced a little rain yourself. Well, r- rain is one thing. It's I'd,
0: what the rain Yeah, rain rain wasn't a problem. I never actually got hit by the rain. It was the rain that hit the uh one of the um MMR roads, the minimum Uh, like minimal use roads uh, kind of like a seasonal road their 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 version of seasonal seasonal and it's all clay Um, so as I'm riding down this road it just my tires just feel like snowballs that are building up and it gets heavier and heavier and uh, I made the mistake of trying to pedal on longer than I should have and rolled over to the side of the road started walking through the grass couldn't even lift my bike after it so this is um this is
1: paint stir territory right the whole like kind of prairie midwest um did you carry a a paint
0: stick with you or yes one one week leading up to the event uh nicole reminded me to put a paint stick in my in my bag and sure enough at the start line i said i've got my paint stick chad goes i didn't bring one but i'm not going to need it (laughs) <laughs> what it was? um so Why? <laughs> what he, uh, well, there what was, do you mean by that? He, he, well, there was not supposed to be rain, but okay. anytime okay. you're dealing with uh three hundred miles of adventure, uh rain's possible. Sure. Um so I we talked about me getting the stick out and breaking it in half and sharing. He said he didn't need it, so uh we 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 parted ways without me sharing my stick. <laughs> um so uh, you had kind of
1: com- like a combo of motivation. I mean, one, you're motivated by these big long distance rides. Two, you were motivated to get like an honorary, Brett honorary around c- completing the whole thing. Um, on the other side, like, do you feel like you accomplished what you set out for? I mean, you said you are already kind of picking it out or picking it apart, thinking about what you can do differently, but have you taken the time and said, wow, I finished this. Um, I accomplished what I set out for. You accomplished several things. Um, do you, I mean, cause what I'm getting at is, holy shit, like this was a pretty incredible accomplishment. Do you, are you sitting here right now feeling like you actually accomplished it or you kind of want to know what's next?
0: Yeah. So the, the main goal was to uh, do it for Brett, um, and huge wave of emotions finishing or even 15, 20 miles out, knowing that I was going to finish, um, uh, that, that feeling of having a tailwind and being down downhill the whole way. That's what it felt like for 15 to 20 miles, Mm -hmm. even though, i'm I'm sure if we looked at the profile and looked at the weather patterns it wasn't quite that that uh, easy it just felt like that knowing that I was gonna accomplish the number one goal of getting bread around the course and uh, everything after that was just icing on the cake um, now I think about it and I think about what I would do differently with gear um, so maybe instead of wearing uh, wearing you know my orange mud uh, two liter bag and maybe put that bag in a frame bag um, and carry some of the lighter stuff on my body instead of, um, <sighs> instead of, you know, me carrying the heavy water and let the bike carry more. Did um, you, did you get, did you, <laughs> did you find
1: yourself getting fatigued with that uh, orange mud bag? Cause I, I even talked about orange mud with Ben a little bit and how um, I use that for Kohada, and I'm, Wondering if like maybe I should have just went two bottles and utilized the aid stations more than carrying two liters. And I mean, we had we were climbing for hours. Um, if it was if it was a Moran like in a couple weeks and it's not a lot of climbing, it's pretty flat. You're not that that
0: that's a different story. But um Uh, yeah, I think the bag, I mean, I definitely noticed it my first couple times using it. I got fatigued, like noticeably fatigued the first year I used it, um, where I felt it. But honestly, the whole, I mean, 23 hours of 23 hours, 39 minutes, 44 seconds of wearing it. And then plus can we call it 24 hours? Nope. Just shy. uh, (laughs) Just shy. So, uh, um, you know, wearing it that entire time it didn't it didn't set in that that was bothering me um because i'm i'm now used to it uh the next day i definitely had uh shoulder and chest um fatigue where i could feel where it had it had worn on me um but did at you, the time it was did fantastic you get me, um uh chafing uh yeah sitting was uh sitting was a real concern there luckily there was a lot of hills to stand and climb on so oh man i
1: wasn't asking about that kind of chafing.
0: I was asking oh, you're about talking the, about the bag, the bag pack. Chafing? Yeah. Like, oh no, never. Uh, really?
1: I found like the the strap on the side of my uh, chest
0: might have it a little too tight or I too think, loose. If uh, you have it
1: too loose, it wiggles. One or the other, but like it's it, it definitely kind of left a little scar or something after Kohada. Just it it, it rubs. Uh, yeah.
0: Wrong. Well, I I should say my uh, my use has been um, a little less rough uh surface. So sure. it's more smooth surface, uh gravel and and whatnot. So yeah. um what was it like to because am
1: I correct that this was your first race, but I mean it your first race outside of Michigan? Is that is that a correct first, thing yeah, to say? First
0: first race out of Michigan? I have uh so the first question I always get asked is would you do it again? I don't know that I would do gravel worlds long voyage again. Um, I'm thinking about that still, but gravel worlds is such an awesome experience. It is a national event and it very much felt like it. Uh, it, it, it just went off without a hitch. Um, but at the same time, you know, walking into packet pickup, Jason was there, shook my hand, chatted with me, uh, at the finish line, Sophia took my picture, uh, for me, like, uh, chatting with Corey about my, um, inexperience of where I put my spot tracker and how it was in a bad spot and (laughs) him helping me replace it. Um, uh, it, it, just, and then Schmitty, like the all these guys that are guys and gals that are like legends and you know whatnot and national uh, national stage. Um, So not only did it feel like a massive national event, but it also had that grassroots feel to it. Still, nice. so that was really really cool to see the pro panel, um, the vendor expo. It was a it was a big event. It was really cool. I the only regret that I had was, uh, that I was, uh, trying to conserve energy and, uh, and and whatnot on Thursday night. So I didn't get to experience all of what they had to offer. Um, so that'd be the biggest regret I had of the weekend. But, um, yeah, if I went back, I'd definitely, I'd definitely do the one fifty uh, and, uh, and enjoy the weekend, enjoy
1: the weekend. Yeah. Party
0: with the weekend. Sure. I mean, that's, I think that's the great thing about,
1: those events is the whole experience. Right. And, and, um, you got to, it's great to like bite off a a huge chunk sometime, but like you don't want to do that every single time. And that's what I found about mid south. I was like, man, I wanted, I should have came here like two days before and, and taken part of all the different events leading up to it and then also the event
0: yeah i almost got a uh um i was like an inch away from getting a bobby hug at the end uh and then he got he got called away for uh uh a double double finisher so Uh, um i almost got my bobby hug without having to traverse well i mean it wouldn't have been
1: it wouldn't wouldn't have been warranted i i yeah uh, well I agree but I would have gotten the <laughs> but, experience without having to pay rode, for
0: it. Well you still rode what 350. Hey I'd take hugs from from anybody after 300 <laughs> miles. Yeah uh no it wouldn't have, it definitely wouldn't have been the same but it would have at least uh it would have at least tied you know helped me over until uh until I do the mid south which um y- you know it was a great event and all but it 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 takes a lot out of me it took a lot out of my family um every time I it was the longest I've been away from my kids like ever. Um, my wife is a saint for letting me go. Yeah, no um, kidding! Oh <laughs> Every time I called or Facetimed, it was kids screaming and crying in the background. So, um, you know, not only you know, not only does it take a lot out of somebody to ride three hundred miles. Uh, Um, it, it definitely took a lot out of my wife to, uh, put up with the kids all weekend and watch them and, and not only, uh, watch them, but, uh, go on fun adventures and, and thrive with them. Did you FaceTime during
1: the, the ride itself?
0: No, I, I, uh, uh, so I had, I, I requested a lot of people to text me. Um, my biggest concern was nighttime and staying awake. So, Mm -hmm. um, as you know, you were uh it seemed like you were having a late night uh maybe a few beers involved uh (laughs) watching me no way (laughs) uh, watching my tracker so i didn't i didn't respond to you unfortunately um because uh the the roads in the dark were a little little tough you never knew what you're gonna get um i didn't expect you to but i i was in fact reading them um i had uh I had my wife texting me, so I texted her. In the, at, before it got dark, I texted her in the morning. Um, my wife's f- coworkers and friends were texting me. Um, I had one of one of my friends, Joel. He texted me uh, at some point, and he said, based on an average rotation of, uh, based on an average of eighty-seven RPM, at this point you've had x amount of thousands of rpms and i <laughs> so i responded to that immediately and said no shit my my right knee could have told you that it's feeling that it. <laughs> um uh and i had you know i just had some text messages that from people that i wouldn't have expected to be interested in biking so i responded to it immediately uh um but yeah no facetimes to the wife it was just text text uh my mother-in-law came down and helped uh helped with the boys and she was she was texting uh words of encouragement as well and the worst text i received was uh when i was at 297 and uh i got the i got the only 3 miles left um only only 3 miles left even i could do that from somebody that's not a cyclist <laughs> and uh unfortunately the course was 302 miles so that was a tough that was tough it was like 299 or <laughs> yeah it's like oh man i uh and i i ran out of gas with uh at exactly 300 miles and lost that tailwind and downhill Oof. spirit but so uh you
1: he, you definitely had the foresight of the evening the night the dark being difficult and, and then knowing that you needed a little bit of motivation throughout that, but was there another, what else was tough? Like what else like hit you hard? Was it that, was it the evening? Was it the dark? Was it like, what, what was your, what was the, your darkest moment?
0: Uh, yeah, physically it was the night. Um, my legs felt fantastic. Um, as I mentioned, uh, some chafing issues, um, caused me to, caused me to have to stand a lot. And luckily my legs were there. So I was crushing the Hills. Like I had no problems with that. It was just, um, I, it was difficult to sit, but the biggest problem was the night staying awake. Um, I did stay with some people that were moving a little slower than I, you know, rolling a little slower than I had in, envisioned uh, myself going, but it was, it allowed me to chat with them and talk with them and, and stay awake. And when we had lulls in the conversation, uh, there were definitely points where all of us were sort of dozing off at the wheel. Um, so conversation would pick back up and, and eventually we made it to the light. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely attribute the the completion to staying with people in the night and and being able to chat and stay awake, um, coming out of the night and into the day, I found myself stopping at gas stations or the rest, the rest areas a, a little longer than I had anticipated. Um, just because I was having some issues with stomaching food and mm-hmm. not feeling sick. Um, and luckily those same people that I was rolling with that were a little bit perhaps a little bit rolling, a little bit slower than I wanted to. They were waiting with me because I had no problem, you know, cutting the wind for the mile, the hundred miles of headwind that we had. Um, so I yeah it just balanced out. We all served the the group that we were in. We all served a purpose of chatting. One one person was designated talker. Uh, the other person was the designated polar, and another person was the uh the wealth of knowledge and in ultra endurance and, and helping you, guide us to what we needed to do. You were in a group the whole time. Uh, at it, least at least a couple people. You're never alone. Yeah. I, uh, there's a few points where I was alone, like early on where I, uh, I didn't stay with the front group. Like I had hoped for as long as I had hoped. Um, and I, I dropped off, uh, I dropped off that front group and then I was alone for maybe an hour or so. Um, but after, so after an hour of riding with the front group, an hour of riding alone, I was with people for the next 20, 21 hours or so. And then towards the end, we, we split up a little bit for, um, an hour and then we'd regroup. And, um, but like at that point we were overlapped with the 150 mile racers and, and we were seeing people and there was sunlight in life and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, I think, I think the, the, best decision I made was riding with people, even though it was a little bit slower than I had wanted. Yeah. Um, so, so you didn't get
1: the Bobby hug, but at the end, did it feel like a celebration at the end? Uh, did you have someone there to, to, uh, congratulate you or,
0: um, yeah, I was kind of all alone except for, uh, me and Joel that, uh, uh, my new buddy Joel, we wrote about, I don't know, uh, 200 miles 150 miles together uh so my new buddy joel out of uh, lincoln nebraska uh we crossed the line together fist bumped and then he went into his group of friends because he was you know his his friend group was from lincoln so uh he went into his group i i sat there at the finish line uh uh texted nicole um that 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 we did it and uh and she's like, "Oh shoot! I was trying to get Chad off course and and yeah. get back to the finish line before you got there, uh, but you were too fast. So um, she came and scooped me up and and uh, delivered me back to my hotel so I could uh, clean up, get some food, refresh, and then come back. And then it was a celebration. Uh, Good. Uh, so it was. It definitely." It, it definitely had the exclamation point at the end uh so it wasn't uh it wasn't like oh i'm done that's that's over now <laughs> that that came that that emotion came uh you know days later where yeah. it's like, well everything that i've been working for has been accomplished yeah now now what like you can't just go bigger and better although that's uh sort of the direction I tried to go when I uh texted about a different race to you so um <laughs> but yeah
1: yeah um well congratulations it it was a incredible accomplishment i watched you the whole way um and and i believe i texted you right away when i saw that you finished and um i, I yeah it's 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 pretty damn impressive. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine I've never done any kind of distance like that, but, um, uh, I, I know, and I feel like I talked, maybe it was your wife and maybe she said something like, do you, what do you, what do you think? Do you think Tristan's actually going to finish this thing? And I was like, Yeah, I do. Like <laughs> like I, I think I think it might be hard. I think it might be difficult for him, but knowing you, I knew that you aren't one to easily quit. Um and bearing like a complete like mechanical catastrophe or um you know, something physical, um, I didn't think you would quit. And so the fact that you finished in, uh, under 24 hours, um, sub, sub 24, sub 24. Yeah. Well, I didn't um, really
0: have, one thing is I, I really didn't have any options. Like I didn't have anybody to, there was no option. I had no, and sometimes that's the best way to, yeah. <laughs> that's the best motivation. Uh, yeah. And that, that was the biggest motivator was it would severely disrupt, um, you know, Mark Bryson who went out there with me, Yeah. it would have severely disrupted his day, uh, to come pick me up, Nicole, um, It would have severely disrupted her race if I if I called and said I need a ride, right? Because
1: everyone you were out there with Nicole, Chad, Mark, Bryson, like they all they had their own things. They all had their
0: things to do. Yeah, I didn't want I would I would that would be so I either had to quit really early or quit really late, Mm -hmm. and quitting really late wasn't really an option. Uh, And you know, once I once I got through that darkness, it was it was it was a mental downhill from there. So I have uh, maybe one more question. What? How about that Casey's Pizza? Did you get any of that? Oh, I got I got a couple slices of Casey's Pizza. It Was, that that was what... fantastic. fantastic? Um, I did get a selfie out in front of Casey's, but um, I was a little a uh, little delirious when I took that at four <laughs> in the morning. Um, so I haven't I haven't submitted my official Casey's cycling uh, application just yet, but I will eventually. Okay. Well, I think you deserve it for sure. Um, thank you. Uh,
1: this was supposed to be like a quick intro to it. Another podcast. I'm thinking maybe this might just be like a side, a side episode. I'm not, side. I don't know. I mean, we got, we talked about a bunch of stuff, but, um, uh, I do want to point out that we, I don't know, like an hour ago, just finished our Thursday gravel ride and we were both, it's pretty gross. We're both still at our kits.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, to to really highlight how gross it is, uh, your Rachel uh, got home and brought us a candle to the room because we smell so bad. So <laughs> yes. very well deserved. Yeah, uh, we we kind of had a
1: conversation about how like year old kits don't wash really well.
0: But uh, to be fair, this I think this might be the jersey that I wore for gravel world so uh yeah it's got some it's got some just like inherent stink so if anybody listening to the podcast uh has really good wash tips they uh, as trevor and i discussed they uh, they come out of the washer smelling clean but as soon as any scent of sweat hits the kit the whole kit is the worst smelling thing ever so tips uh shoot them our way appreciated yeah Yeah, we we need some help
1: (laughs) we do all right Thanks, Tristan. Until next time. Tell you do what? Like the Arkansas and whatever?
0: That's a, that's a 2023 20, goal, yeah. Okay,
1: Moran. We'll see you at Moran. Moran. All right. Thanks, man. The Dirty Chain Podcast is a Michigan Midpack Media production in partnership with KOM Cycling, the source for your bike accessories and necessities. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dirty Chain Podcast. Email DirtyChainPodcast at gmail.com. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen. Audio editing and original music by myself, Trevor Gibney. A huge thank you to Tristan Smith for joining me on this episode. And thank you all for listening to the Dirty Chain Podcast. And as always, keep your chain clean, but get your chain dirty. We will see you in the mid-pack.